0: Hello, and welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver. With me today is Danny Kelly. Uh, Danny, how are you doing today?
1: Doing great. Uh, it's hard to believe it's already week 15.
0: It is. It really is. Um, and for those of you listening, Stephen could not be with us today, but uh, he'll be back next week and uh, and after that as we gear up to the playoffs. But um, Danny, speaking of playoffs... Hmm there's kind of a playoff level ex- game in Seattle this weekend with the Browns <laughs> and the Seahawks.
1: Oh yeah. There's it's a playoff atmosphere right now. Is
0: it is is the city just <clears throat> buzzing with energy right now?
1: It is. It's uh you know it's like the calm before the storm. <laughs> or maybe it's just the calm before a bad game. I can't really tell right now <laughs> yet what what it is. <laughs>
0: I would say it's a trap game, but I I think that would even be far too generous.
1: It is kind of a trap game, but at the same time, the Bears or sorry, the Browns kind of feel like they're poking a bear right now with some of the stuff they've been saying. Um, You know, there's the Mike Pettin uh, comments about Russell Wilson, which probably really were innocent in nature. But you know, just the way that you know the he, I mean, he has to understand the way that media works. Like that's going to get you know taken as a slight to Russell Wilson and. No, I don't disagree with them that you know as a whole Tom Brady and, and uh, whoever else he said I, Tom Brady Rogers. Aaron Rodgers and I think he said he mentioned uh, Peyton Manning obviously <clears throat> you know their career you know you, you obviously put them in a tier above Russell Wilson but the way that people took it you know it was pretty predictable so at this point it's like why even say something like that what is he gaining really yeah,
0: you can't really use the word elite and quarterback in a in a sentence <laughs> right. without just expecting. Everyone to take a dump on you, like right. most immediately thereafter.
1: And you know, I would say that you know, Seahawk fans have the reputation as being a little bit salty about anything <laughs> that you can say about them. So they are a uh, plucky
0: bunch. <laughs> why? So why is that? Explain the Ce- Explain fans. <laughs> the Seattle fan. Like everybody talks about Buffalo fans and Cleveland fans have been dissected ad nauseum at this point but like i explain the seattle fan mentality to me
1: well you know there's like a there's sort of this long-standing impression or perspective that everyone views seattle as like way off in the distance like south alaska and they feel that they don't get as much media coverage or media hype as as many of the places in the in the Nation. Although, you know, after their success the last couple of years, I think that's pretty much gone away. But, um, you know, this is kind of like a long-standing thing that, you know, they feel like they've been disrespected over the years. and It's probably true. They don't, I mean, they haven't, they weren't, like, necessarily a big media market necessarily over the, you know, the last couple of decades in, in terms of the NFL. And, I don't know. They, they've been just kind of a forgotten team and fan base over the years. And so I think there's this, like, feeling of disrespect but i don't know maybe it's too much coffee uh, you know that probably contribute to it as well there's a lot of you know depression in seattle with you know all the rain with the weather
0: the seasonal seasonal affective disorder looking out the window right now
1: it's like you can it's you can't really tell where the clouds and the rain like start and end it's just like gray rain <laughs> it's depressing
0: but at any minute it could clear up and be sunny
1: Yeah, that's true. But it also gets dark at about four fifteen. Yeah. So the bottom line is, uh, Seattle people are are a little salty, and that's uh, probably never going to change.
0: Well, there you go. I guess I mean, I don't know. You you think it? uh, I'd rather like I'd rather have that experience than like the northern, the upper Midwest, (laughs) because like you talk like not only does it get dark early, it's just like fucking cold too.
1: Oh, yeah. I I wouldn't deal with that. that. Yeah. When we went to Indianapolis last year, I was like, oh, so this is what cold is like. That
0: was brutal.
1: Yeah. It's like here in Seattle, it's like, eh, you know, 35 to 55 all year round. Yeah. (laughs) Until like
0: two months in the summer. Yeah. My sister lives in northern Wisconsin, Packer country. And like in the wintertime, it's just, it's brutal up there. Tundra. Because, like, they had to shovel out um, – my cousin lives there too. They had to shovel – he had to shovel a path through the snow for his dog because the snow was so deep. And it was also, like, 20 below when this <laughs> happened. So it wasn't just, like, you could just go clear the sidewalks and, and have a hot cocoa and take the edge off. It was yeah. – you know, you had to, like, not get hypothermia and die or anything.
1: Right. I mean, in these parts, you typically don't have to worry about dying of exposure,
0: which yeah.
1: is a good thing, I think.
0: I guess. <laughs> unless you pass out after the game or something like that right right um well you know i so I, I haven't seen too much of a stir i mean it's obviously it hasn't created quite the the shitstorm on the internet that it could have that that no. mike petten could have like say if he'd said johnny manziel was elite or something like that <laughs> i don't see that right. happening either
1: well he did compare johnny manziel to russell wilson a few times which is uh also roughly
0: oh yes
1: but whatever. It's, uh, it's typical fans, you know, getting mad for the disrespect. The, the Browns defensive coordinator was quoted today. Uh, hold on, let me find it. He said uh, they have a really good defense. It, it was meant to be a compliment, I'm sure. He said, challenges everywhere, tough physical, don't miss tackles. Sorry, his, their, this is the Browns offensive coordinator.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Tough physical, don't miss tackles, two elite players in the secondary. <laughs> and everyone's like... Two? Two. Okay. So which one are you leaving out now? Cam, Earl, or Sherman? Because at, at one point I was pretty sure there was three. <laughs> so this is kind of like a backhanded compliment, it looks like. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now people are like, oh my gosh.
0: Who? I, uh, well, maybe he's, since Sherman had had the down sea, like had sort of a down season for Richard Sherman right sort of a down season well cam's is cam out this week cam
1: cam i would say is having more of a down season than sherman i I mean i really don't think sherman's having a down season to be totally honest but um if anybody earl and and cam are the ones that are kind of off a little bit cam has a tailbone bruise i think he hurt his coccyx Um, (laughs) wait a minute Yeah,
0: this is a family that was, show. That man. was
1: suitable for work, by the way. Toxic is an <laughs> cool. oh, I
0: got gotcha. you. I didn't hear the last uh, syllable on that.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, his tailbone, in other words. And so he hasn't practiced this week, so we'll see what happens with that. I don't know if he's going to play or not. They might rest him because Kelsey McRae apparently is played okay in his in his uh, stead last week, and mm-hmm. when he went out for a little while, so we'll see.
0: Well, that it's interesting because that secondary about. has kind of gone, undergone a change this year. A change for the better. They dropped Kerry Williams, and it really has kind of uh, turned things around there.
1: Yeah. It, uh, and I think I, I, we talked about this, I think, a little bit before. It's like a, a matter of trust. I just don't think the Seahawks could trust him anymore. Yeah. The main thing in the Seahawks' defense is, like, it's a cardinal rule. Don't get beat deep. Right. And that's been for 4 years now <clears throat> under Carroll like the the number one rule for the defense. And he got deep, he got beat deep a couple of times and mm-hmm. I think it just came down to they they just really don't trust him and that and that really affects what Earl Thomas is doing as a center fielder. You know, he's he's really they play a lot of cover 3 so he's he's got the whole center of the field and it affects where he's going and his tendencies and because he maybe doesn't trust that that carry's going to get it done on that side either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he always talks about how the Seahawks defense is tied on a string. Everybody moves, you know, like together. And so that, I think, had a big effect. And, and so overall, I just think, you know, he was negatively affecting the defense maybe more than even the numbers would show. Yeah. Just because, uh, you know, they, they didn't trust that he was doing his job over there. And now they got, you know, undrafted free agent, former undrafted free agent out of Portland State, Deshaun Shedd. You know he uh, he's he's bounced around between safety and corner uh, his whole career. He's I think he just drafted or he was undrafted in 2012, and so mm-hmm. he's kind of a, a hybrid between Browner Brandon Browner and and Byron Maxwell. And the fact that he's very physical up front, yeah, uh, big guy, 220 pounds or so. And but he's also uh, you know a little bit more disciplined and fast. He's not getting crazy penalties like Brandon Browner, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they they've, they've cleaned up some stuff on the, on the in the secondary um, you know there's still depth issues there after losing Therrald Simon and um, you know Jeremy Lane's just getting back now from his injury in the Super Bowl so uh you know they've had some issues there but they're going in the right direction anyway
0: You know it's really the Wilson thing's kind of interesting because he's just like on fire lately That's a, yeah. like a football term
1: <laughs> En fuego
0: in no. He, he what is, like, happened? I don't know. Well, first of all, the like not that he's text, bad or anything, but
1: no. I mean, there was parts of the season where we were like, "What is his problem?" Like he just like you know was really kind of finicky and or not finicky, uh, frenetic in the in the pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, he would. I would like my joke was that he would tuck his head in, into his shoulder pads like a turtle. Um, sometimes when pressure was coming up the middle. Um, Instead of trying to you know, like step up or step away or or escape, he would just kind of like ooh good and like you know curl up into a ball. Uh huh. Um, but he's gotten a lot better protection. Obviously, that's a big part of it. And then after the Seahawks bye week, they kind of like what Pete Carroll said, uh, adapted their offense a little bit to kind of what was going on with the offensive line. Yeah, and made it more focused on quick passes and and like they schemed up some stuff so they can you know like get guys open where. He, more easily with like trips formations they do more more pick plays type things you know, legal pick plays where they're kind of scheming guys open so they're not asking guys to like run deep routes get open it's it's more like in the intermediate area and, and getting the ball out but Russell Wilson still has I think right now he's like third in the NFL in yards per attempt which is crazy because um the two guys he's behind yeah. Carson Palmer and Ben Roethlisberger and yeah so, Imagine those two offenses. You know, the the Seahawks are, I guess, you know, one of the most explosive downfield offenses in the NFL right now. Yeah. So, I mean, he's doing it all. He, he's just, uh I, you know, I think it's a it's it's a fact, a lot of factors all altogether. But he's really in the zone. Like, I think he's just really, really confident right now. He's seeing the field. He's trusting, you know, his reads. He's making good pre-snap reads. You know, mm-hmm. that's what Pete Carroll's talked about a lot the last couple of weeks. And so. It's all just kind of coming together.
0: Yeah, and thirteen touchdowns in his last three games.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he. And that,
0: those are that's that's 16. a crazy number in and of itself.
1: Yeah, he has sixteen and four in his last four games. No no picks. Um, I want to say his QB rating over the last like four games is like one hundred and forty eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's now the top rated QB in the NFL in terms of QB rating. If he finished this year where he is right now, which is like one ten, uh-huh. it would be fourteenth all time. <laughs> Jeez. So, um, but yeah, based on all the stats that we saw, like you know, the ESPN, we we covered it. Everybody's kind of covered it this week. Is this is basically the best four game stretch of any quarterback of all time? Yeah, which is just crazy to think about. Um, you know, there's obviously tons and tons of variables to take into account. Obviously, they played some some bad defenses but they played
0: some good teams too i mean like the pittsburgh game in week 12 and you know at minnesota Minnesota, in week 13 i mean that was not a game that i certainly did not expect i mean i think i might have i'd have to go back and look but i think i might have picked the vikings to win that game
1: Yeah, yeah i think there were you know i think it was kind of 50 50 in terms of our picks i can't remember exactly but um yeah i mean it was one of those games where the Seahawks were expected to go in, and and it was going to be close. I think the Vikings were eight and three or eight and four at the time. Yeah, and, um, Seattle just dominated, like completely dominated them. Yeah,
0: you know, not even close. It was thirty eight right. to seven. I mean, there was not even a game to be had there.
1: Yeah, the only touchdown was a like a garbage time kickoff return. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean Russell Wilson, I, he's just really there's a, there's a number of factors. Obviously, like I said, the, the offensive lines playing really well. The receivers are playing really well. His rookie, Tyler Lockett, kind of blown up onto the scene. Obviously, Doug Baldwin has eight touchdowns in his last three games, which is the most in a three-game stretch since, like, Jerry Rice yeah. in uh, 1997 or something like that, uh, or 87. I can't remember. And uh, so, yeah, they're just really, really clicking right now. It's kind of crazy.
0: Undrafted free agent, Doug Baldwin.
1: Yep, Yeah. He will never let you forget that either. <laughs>
0: nor, nor will anyone in the media. No, but of course.
1: And it goes both ways. So, um, no. And he, the thing about Wilson is he's just been so accurate on like every pass. I think you know, pro football focuses their accuracy rating, uh-huh. which it th- takes out throwaways, it takes out drop passes, things like that. And he's been over eighty something percent, ninety in some games um so you know he he's just definitely really on right now
0: and uh, a good quarterback play in a sea of just t- quarterback terribleness yeah i mean like yeah. there are real there's some really bad quarterbacking in the league right now and i don't know if that it's i mean it's like the ref thing there's always a debate it's like well is it new i mean is this just a right is this a 2015 thing or is this an all-time thing so I. i mean i think it's probably more it's probably less of a just now happening than than i think people want to think it is probably yeah
1: yeah i would agree it's I, it, as in are you saying you don't think it's as bad as people are making it
0: well i mean i you know there's you look you look at the list of quarterbacks and you look at the teams i mean there definitely aren't 32 quality starting no. quarterbacks and i think uh, you're a, like if you set an average like average play for quarterback right now you would look at it and be like oof right you know, That's well, not...
1: Let's go down the line here because it's kind of an interesting discussion in the AFC East. Tyrod Taylor, I think he's playing pretty well. Um, he's been really efficient and kind of giving them an option as a potential franchise quarterback. Ryan Tannehill, I think he's been a little bit over, all over the map. Yeah, you got Tom Brady, who's you know elite. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been highly underrated this year. Honestly, and
0: last, going back to last year, even too with Fitzpatrick because he was really. I mean, he had a good season last year.
1: Yeah, he's been really good. I mean, they have the best red zone offense in the NFL. Uh, Brandon Marshall and uh, what's his face, Eric Decker are two of the top. Like, it's probably one of the best combo, you know, quarterback or receiver and quarterback combos there are out there right now. Um, and then going into AFC North, they have got more problems. <laughs> Matt Schaub obviously uh, it took over for Flacco, and that's you know, if you get an injured guy, that's kind of a different thing. AJ McCarron, but I mean, if you look at their starters, you got. Flacco, Dalton, and then you got the Browns, Manziel, and that's Ooh. you know figure figure out what's going on there. And then Ben Roethlisberger, I think that's you know three out of four are good there. Yeah, three out, four, three out of four in the AFC East are at least decent to good. Um, three
0: out of four in the North.
1: Yep, the AFC South, you got TJ Yates taking over for Hoyer. I, you know, I don't. And so
0: that's a bad situation, injury yeah. or not, right now. Whether, right. You know,
1: then you got the Colts with Luck. I don't know what's going on there. You know, I think he'll probably bounce back and and be back to being one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, but he he just hasn't looked good this year. Blake and
0: Obviously, health has been a thing there with him, too.
1: Yeah, he's been injured.
0: It'll be interesting to see if he comes back at all this season since the Colts are, believe it or not, leading a division right now.
1: Right, right. With the with the Texans who have TJ Yates starting,
0: <laughs> and <laughs> they might, play this week for the all the marbles. <laughs>
1: the Whitehurst Yates. <laughs>
0: <battle.
1: laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, it's going to be Hasselbeck, but it might be fun if I'm Whitehurst play. Didn't
0: get flexed. Uh,
1: and then we got Blake Bortles in Jacksonville, which is uh, kind of an interesting argument these days. You know whether he's going to be great or not, good and or it's not.
0: It's only his second season too.
1: He's still really young. Yeah. Uh, there was a stat from this last week where he's one of three quarterbacks that have been 23 or younger and passed for 30 touchdowns in a season, he, and he joined, or I think it was four. He joined Matt Stafford, uh, Dante Culpepper, and then yeah. I'm blanking on the other one, but it was a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I think maybe Dan Marino. I can't remember.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and then, he has no interceptions in his last two games either.
1: So you gotta remember um, that yeah, you gotta remember that he's and still really young. Garbage
0: offensive line play. Right. Thirty nine sacks on the season for Bortles.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. That the the jury's still obviously still out there. Marcus. Mariota, Mariota I mean young. Year.
0: He's having a good season.
1: Moving to the NFC yeah. West, you got Brock Osweiler. Yeah, I don't know about that. Jury's has, still out. Yeah, jury's definitely still out. Alex Smith, you know, he's had a pretty good year, honestly. Derek Carr seems like he'll be a super uh, uh, superstar eventually. Philip Rivers, I yeah. love the guy. You know, yeah.
0: And it'll be interesting to see what happens that, there.
1: With Philip Rivers, yeah. yeah. Is, is he a free agent after this year?
0: Well, that's. I was just looking up. I can't because I mean, you know, you have the whole. Uh, I know there was some sort Los of Los Angeles thing that's kind of colored everything that they do right now in San Diego. Right. And they were trying to sign Rivers in the offseason. And, yeah, they did. He got a contract extension this year. I, Actually, I yeah, forgot I remember about that. that. Yeah, I remember
1: that. They, they gave him a lot of money. So he's there for a while. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like, just I guess it could be a AFC, lot worse. Yeah, just looking at the AFC, I think the thing is, the problem, and I was talking about this on Twitter, it's like a lot of people really complain about how the NFL – protects quarterbacks a lot and I understand that like you know any hit on a quarterback these days is a 15 yard penalty seems like um but at the same time I kind of get it because like the the product is so watered down if the quarterback is out yeah you know if you look at some of these players that you know taking over like like just look at the Ravens like they've got Schaub and Clausen it's like no one wants to watch that yeah you know and then it's like I don't know so I kind of get it I kind of get why the NFL does it. I understand completely why people think it's annoying, but um, it's like then, you, then you're dealing with like Matt Castle show in in Dallas and you know whatever you know whatever's going on in. in
0: well, if you're going to have parity, you have to have that.
1: <laughs> right. It's and, true.
0: I mean, and, and that's to the you know, and that's sort of the thing I think with a lot of the rule changes that i mean i know that they piss people off i understand that i mean i understand that people have takes on it but at the same time it's like well the idea of parody is kind of what keeps the nfl going toward you know it keeps it obviously for the business model but it also keeps it interesting it keeps it so that you know the the colts can win a division at six and seven or the the right. Chiefs can have a terrible season and come back and go eight and five. You know what I mean? It's just.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, what is it? We There's three weeks left and there's only two teams that have, three teams that have clinched. Yeah. So it's, it's still pretty wide open in a lot of yeah. areas. And that's, you know, good for fans, good for everyone.
0: Well, it's how hard it is. I mean, think about how hard it is to replace a quarterback too. And if you don't, and if you flail at it, then you just got, you know, you've set yourself up for a decade of just, crap
1: right Cleveland
0: St. Louis Oakland for the longest time in the same situation you know there's a lot of teams you can go through and point to that as sort of a deciding factor in like a long term shittiness
1: (laughs) exactly yeah I mean it's so yeah I don't know the The quarterback thing I think is a little bit over overplayed I think it's probably better than people are making it out to be
0: Yeah, I think the the issue is with the backups, because when you get into the backups is when you really, the talent level gets really watered down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's only some, and with offensive lines, you know, the injuries there being a factor, and and then you have pass protection issues. It's always sort of
1: a. Yeah. I mean, there's a few guys this year that are having weird years, like Jake Cutler, or sorry, uh, not Jake Cutler. I was going to (coughs) say Matt Ryan. Yeah playing really really poorly compared to how he normally is and Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers year is really down um I mean Eli Manning is kind of actually Eli Manning-esque sort of normal yeah um (laughs) Matt Stafford is kind of up and down obviously in his career so I don't know there's definitely you know and then and then obviously you get teams like You know, uh, San Francisco with their Colin Kaepernick stuff. And then obviously the quarterback situation in St. Louis has been a a failure. Same with the the Eagles. So I can understand where some of the narratives come by. Yeah. But I don't think it's, you know, an epidemic or anything like that.
0: No. No, and some of it are teams' own making, too. I mean, like the Rams gave Nick (laughs) Foles a long term contract before he ever played a snap for them. Right. And I'm like, oh, what? You mean he's not good? I can't believe that. How, what happened?
1: <laughs> can they get out of that deal?
0: Um, they can. It's not super easy to do. That's cheap, gonna,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, it's not cheap next year to do it. It's cheap right. the year after that. I mean, it was a, basically, a, it's a three-year deal, but it's a two-year deal. It's, it's $8 million in dead money Okay, if so they cut him next terrible, season. You know? No, it's not terrible, but it makes it hard to get a replacement right unless you draft a guy and then if you draft a guy it's like trade I mean, Rams, for Johnny Manziel yeah exactly because <laughs> the Rams quarterback development that will happen by the way won't it somebody's going to I think <laughs> yeah. unless Jimmy Haslam's just like adamant that there's no way this is my guy right I had to well we'll get see get a whole bunch of fuel rebates to get a really tough
1: really really tough tryout here at the end of the year if they keep playing him um they got the seahawks this week i'm looking at the Browns' schedule right now they got the seahawks this week they got the chiefs next week and then the steelers the week after that have fun
0: yeah exactly and how do that- they get a, that's funny they get a schedule like that it's like oh i guess they're gonna they were played the afc or the nfc west anyways they've had all those teams yeah they have a
1: really tough schedule
0: but it's like man You went from well, and they were like seven and nine last season, so that like there was this temporary illusion that maybe they would be good.
1: (laughs) I know. They were above five hundred pretty late in the season.
0: Yeah. And like I everyone kind of expected like this is the year. Oh, this is gonna be the year. Yeah, yeah. Well those preseason predictions, man.
1: Well, I mean look at the Ravens. You never know.
0: Yeah, exactly. There were
1: people who picked the Ravens to be in the Super Bowl. (laughs) You know, it's like and it's not because they're dumb either. It's not these people that pick them are not dumb. It's just like the NFL is impossible to predict.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is. And that's that's what you, People pick a lot of Patriots-Broncos uh, AFC championship game picks at the beginning of the season. I'm like, that's the easiest, that's <laughs> the lamest prediction you could possibly make, but it's probably the safest one you could make in August, Yep. all I things I considered. Picked maybe the,
1: the Patriots and Steelers. I'd have to go back and look. And then I picked the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl.
0: I don't remember who I picked. I definitely didn't have Carolina at thirteen and zero.
1: <laughs> no, I um, do.
0: There's there's one thing that I'll
1: never want to live down is that uh, a couple of years ago I picked uh, that. What was the guy that the Dolphins traded Dion? They they traded that for him. He was an organ player, and then he like washed out uh, really Dion really yeah, I picked him to be the defensive player of the year. Oh man. Like he like barely played.
0: <laughs> I picked the Falcons to win the Super Bowl or to go to the to win the NFC last season. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. So what do you close, guess? right? I mean yeah. like how like I can't believe I, I still have a job after that. It's like you picked the Falcons and Mike Smith was their head coach at the time. <laughs>
1: To win the should, NFC
0: championship.
1: You should be fired for that. I problem. know,
0: exactly. I, that's every, every week when we make the picks, I look to make <laughs> sure I beat odd shark computers. Like, well, I'm not replaceable by a computer at least.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <sighs> Such as, there are, okay, 16 games on the schedule this week. There are three weeks left in the season. There is one game where both teams have a winning record. It's the Broncos and the Steelers.
1: <sighs> wow, that's it?
0: One game.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. There's uh Let's see here. I want to count this because it's one, two, three, four. Five. So there's six teams in the AFC with a winning record. There are one, two, three, four, five. Five teams in the NFC with a winning record. There's 11 out of 32 teams that have a winning record right now. <laughs> Is that normal? That can't be normal.
0: I don't know. I mean, I guess because maybe you have... I mean...
1: There's 11 out of 32 teams with a winning record.
0: <laughs> there's five of all those winning teams have double-digit wins. Yeah. That's so they're crazy. kind of running away. But you have two divisions in the whole... Out of eight, two out of eight, you don't even have anyone with the winning record.
1: That, that can't be normal either. I, no. I, I've seen a couple of tweets lately that um, there have been more games within seven points this year than ever in history. So I don't know if that just tells you there's a lot of parody now or that everyone kind of sucks again. It's still kind of like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but it's kind of weird. It's, uh, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. But.
0: Well, I think when you get to, you look at the quarterback injuries that have happened. Yeah. I mean, well, that was something we just mentioned. Like Baltimore, Cleveland's had issues with that. Even Pittsburgh, who was one of the few teams with the winning record, had games without Roethlisberger
1: right houston
0: yeah. indianapolis denver you know st louis san francisco well san francisco didn't have injuries they just had terrible play yeah so but it, you know and there is sort of it, it's it, it's going around a little bit too but like you know the nfc east is oof,
1: yeah the nfc east
0: is terrible tell
1: oh. me so wait did you tell me who you think the best team in the nfc east is
0: God, I don't know. I I mean, it should be the Giants, don't you think? Or is it the Eagles? I waffle. Honestly, I waffle
1: between all three of them. Yeah. Not the Cowboys, obviously, but the the Giants, Eagles, and Washington, I I have no idea, honestly, who's the best team. I I guess I think I lean towards New York, but then again I can easily be convinced it's the Eagles or Washington. I, I have no clue. I honestly just couldn't even guess
0: it's just a craft shoot any of those teams on any day could be better than the other
1: yeah North the Giants the are the worst team only... in the league yeah exactly the Giants are the only team with net points in the positive they have 18 in the plus side otherwise Washington's 26 negative Jeez. Eagles are 21 negative Cowboys are 75 negative Jesus I think that's the only <laughs> AFC South everyone is in the negative yeah so I don't know these are two bad divisions <laughs>
0: What a year. <laughs> what a season. Yep. I that but speaking of that Denver-Pittsburgh game is actually a pretty big one. Oh yeah. Not just because they both have winning records, but that could go a long way toward determining the seating in the AFC.
1: Yeah, cuz I think as I understand right now, isn't Pittsburgh on the outside looking in?
0: Yeah, which because the Chiefs and the Jets have the same record, but they have an edge in conference play and are Holding on to the two wild card spots right now.
1: Right, so the Steelers kind of
0: have to win, and they uh, need losses from those other two teams.
1: Right. <clears throat> so that's. I also think that's a really interesting game, just matchup wise, because the Broncos. I mean, you know, they've obviously they lost last last week, and, and their offense has struggled, but that pass defense is absurdly good. Yeah. So you know that's kind of the Steelers' bread and butter is their deep passing offense. You know Ben Roethlisberger been amazing this year, um, but it's a good matchup, strength on strength, I think.
0: Yeah, it really is, and and they have the they have the secondary to kind of keep that in check.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and the pass rush. Yeah, you know. I mean, got- I was
0: honestly surprised last week that. The, I mean, I guess because their ground game was working so well and they didn't have to do too much since Andy Dalton got hurt. But I was kind of surprised that, you know, Roethlisberger, that was the first game in a while he hadn't, had, hadn't thrown any touchdowns. This is yeah. the second game all season he hasn't thrown any touchdowns.
1: Yeah, the Bengals have a good pass defense too. Yeah, It's interesting to see if, if – uh, I don't know how the Broncos do their pass defense specifically if they're going to put Chris Harris on Antonio Brown, but – that could be potentially a pretty interesting matchup there. Yeah, because he's he's one of the top corners in the NFL. Obviously, Antonio Brown, one of the top receivers, should be fun. I don't know for sure if they'll match them up together, but um, if they do, that'll be cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the Steelers always—you know—they're a team that kind of—it seems like I'm just looking at their record now. It's like, and some of their losses have kind of come in those games where the defense has given them problems. Yeah, Either they lost to the Bengals in Week Eight. They lost to the Chiefs in Week Seven.
1: They um, lost to the Seahawks, even though they didn't really give them that much trouble in terms of the pass game. They did hold they did hold them out of the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> Although they, they passed for like 450 yards or something like that, but only one touchdown.
0: Yeah. It's something ridiculous like that. That, that, was, that was that Russell Wilson game where he had five touchdown passes. Yeah. yeah. And they're prone to giving up a lot of points, which... I don't know that the Broncos, I mean like now you kind of wonder can the Broncos score points. That's
1: that's the thing. And I I picked the Steelers in this game because I think despite how good Broncos are on defense, I think I don't think that Broncos can keep score with the Steelers. I still think the Steelers will score enough points to win this one even though they're so good on defense. Yeah. Just because I don't think the Broncos can keep pace. I, their, their offense just hasn't been good.
0: No, and remember even back before the manning I thing started when Manning was still playing, they kind of lived on the turnover. I mean, I was just looking at their first yeah. six games of the season. They had five out of the six. They had more than one turnover on defense, and they scored points that way too.
1: Yep, yep, yep.
0: And then last and, week they didn't have any turnovers.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like how the Eagles are winning on turnovers from their defense and special teams score. Yeah. You know, it's like that's not necessarily I mean, it's obviously great to have that in your arsenal, but it's tough to rely on that game in game out.
0: Yeah, because there's the element of luck to those, too.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of how the ball bound. You can play you can play the ball for a turn. You can play a receiver for the turnover, but then you also give up. You know, you can you stand the risk of giving up a big play, too. Yep. yep. Obviously, you know when it's Antonio Brown, that's a serious issue. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Somebody like that, you know, you can do it against the Cleveland Browns or some team like that. But it's Correct. So that's I I think that's kind of the game. My pick for game of the week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Trying to look, there's not really that many interesting games on it. I guess the Eagles Cardinals could be good.
0: That's the prime time.
1: Yeah, that could be fun, I guess. It's in Philly. Yeah, um, depending on what Eagles team shows up. If the defense shows up, that'll be a good matchup, I think. Yeah, because
0: they can get a pass rush going.
1: They've been up and down, yeah. And their secondary has been a little bit, you know, ball hockey at times. Obviously, they have the element, like I said, the special teams, like Sproles on on punt returns and everything is really exciting. That's that's really I guess the Colts Texans if you're interested in like who's going to win that division, <laughs> which is a stretch the Jags and Falcons too. I mean the Jaguars could end up coming back and winning the NFC or the AFC. South. I
0: hope they do. I really want to see that. That'd be out. fun. Yeah. Jag just so we can, I can use the hashtag jagging off.
1: Panthers <laughs> Giants. A lot of people have been kind of. Thinking this could be where the Panthers' streak ends here. Well, that
0: has some interesting matchups because, like, you got Josh Norman on Odell Beckham. Exactly, that's I mean, a huge, huge will. matchup. Yeah,
1: I like, saw. Did you see that, tweet that last night um, about Josh Norman? I'm going to pull it up here. Uh,
0: is that it, the one where he called Odell Beckham edible? <laughs> His play no. edible. He didn't call Odell Beckham. We ed- wasn't endorsing cannibalism or right?
1: anything. <laughs> no. So this is Kimberly Jones. Tweet, Carolina CB cornerback Josh Norman has allowed 89 combined yards due to DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, Dez Bryant, and Julio Jones this season. Good. So that's pretty incredible. Um, I mean, obviously, when I tweeted that, I, I retweeted that, and then a bunch of people pointed out that the quarterbacks in those games have been a little you know, questionable. But still, I mean, it's just like that is incredible shutdown on some of the league's best Receivers, And so I think that's a huge, huge matchup. Because um, if, if he can take Odell Beckham, at least, if he can at least contain him, um, then who does the Giants have? You know, Reuben Randall hasn't really done much this year. Uh, you know, I don't know, like, what what that will look like for them. It would be interesting. Yeah. It's that's a-, a big part of how Carolina's just been so dominant this year is they have a shutdown corner like that.
0: Yeah, and a guy that has played really well for a few seasons now. I mean it's not like this is just out of the blue. He just yeah, hasn't he, he hasn't gotten the attention that like Revis exactly. Island or some of the other
1: Exactly. he's, he's been under the radar.
0: Here's an, hey, you wanna hear here's a quarterback number that'll blow your mind. Okay. The Jets franchise touchdown record is twenty nine touchdowns
1: and Fitzpatrick
0: has 25 this season Fitzpatrick I
1: mean yeah I mean that is yeah he's been really good they got him for like a six round pick I know I mean in a day and age when you know you're trading Alex Smith for a second round pick like early second round pick or you know some of these guys you know quarterbacks are not cheap um and that's pretty incredible yeah a, I, I really credit, I think his name is Mike McKagnon. I, yeah. I, I don't know how to pronounce it is what I mean. But um, he's done a really good job, I think, in, in t- sort of turning that team, turning that roster around. You know, obviously he had a lot of money to spend, so you, you that had a big factor. But, like, trading for Brandon Marshall, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Trading for Fitzpatrick. Um,
0: yeah, and pretty, those two trades impressive. were really, I mean, like, all the hype. High- for the the jimmy graham trade or the halati nagata trade or the sam bradford nick Foles trade but the two trades that have made the most impact have been i think fitzpatrick and brandon marshall right yeah Jets are in the playoffs right now yeah and they're eight and five after years and years of being i mean you know butt fumbled joke status
1: yeah it's like uh and fitzpatrick he went to harvard a lot of people forget that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, by the way i searched on twitter went to harvard a lot of people forget that and there were like a hundred responses <laughs> it's pretty funny <laughs> like verbatim a lot of people forget that
0: people forget that <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no, but yeah i mean it's you gotta credit those two roster moves because those are really I, I still feel like they're kind of flying under the radar like you know they're even for being a New York team, they're still not getting a lot of hype right now.
0: No. No. I mean, there's probably been more stories about Geno Smith in the New York tabloids than there have been anything, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick until recently.
1: That's been kind of a blessing in disguise, huh? It seems like anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it really has been. <laughs> anything that saves us from the take minds of New Jersey I think is Okay.
1: So the Jets play the Cowboys on Saturday, which is weird. A
0: Saturday game. Yeah, I guess because I, it's – I mean there are bowl games that week, but I think there's probably only one, and they're fairly minor bowls this weekend.
1: Mm. Is this a new thing? I, I can't remember.
0: I guess they did it last year too. They had a Saturday game like <coughs> right around Christmas weekend last year. Oh. But I remember like they did expand it. They put one more on the schedule this this year, and that's this Jets-Cowboys one that's coming up. I think the college playoff – The way that the college playoffs have changed bowl season, it's kind of made that more possible now. Mm, I think that's part of the reason, at any rate. No, I don't actually know what, I mean, which network it's on. Maybe it's on NFL
1: Network, I think.
0: So it's like a Thursday Night Football brand game.
1: It probably actually will be. They'll probably call it Thursday Night Football, which is really weird. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be know,
0: Sims. It'll be Phil Sims. Boy, get him. Oh.
1: The more that I look at the schedule, the more I kind of think it's actually kind of interesting. Because <clears throat> each, so for instance, like Chicago Vikings is a good game. Uh, in terms well, it of could be, you know, that's like a division matchup game. Vikings, and I mean the Bears have been a little better than I think people expected to them to be. They've kind of fallen off lately, but. Um, you know, they are playing really well for a while there. I think Buffalo-Washington is an interesting game. Um, Green Bay-Oakland is a pretty interesting game, actually.
0: Yeah, and Green Bay is only favored by three points in that.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe my, my initial impression is, yeah, there's a bunch of crappy <laughs> teams on the slate. But when you look at the actual matchups, not the records, I think there could be some good games.
0: Yeah, and I think that's kind of what's like for all the talk about quarter bad quarterbacks and and stuff like that. It's that's sort of the saving grace of the NFL too. It's like a Bills Washington game can wind up being pretty fun. Right. right? Like <laughs> look at some of the Monday night football. Like you look at the Monday night football <laughs> schedule, and it's like, oh my god! But well, then it's like you get forty minutes of just shit, and then like the last five minutes of the fourth <laughs> quarter is pretty exciting.
1: Yeah. The one thing that Monday Night Football has this is Detroit at New Orleans is it's probably going to be like a 100 points scored in that game. Yeah, I mean, the over-under is 51, but I think it's going to be higher than that because um, the, the Saints have like a historically terrible defense and they've been scoring a lot of points too. And so I, I could see the Lions putting up a lot of points on them. I could see the Saints putting up a lot of points. It could be a barn burner. It could yeah. be fun. No yeah. one really gives a crap about that right now, but it could be a fun one.
0: Yeah, exactly. It'll, 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 uh, and then it all starts tonight: the Buccaneers and Rams.
1: I think that's probably the least interesting <laughs> color rush. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, it's a color rush. It's one, a huh?
0: color rush. The Rams oh, yeah. jerseys are it's mustard. Like I have, like you know, seriously dehydrated urine color.
1: <laughs> Do they sell these color rush? jerseys? Oh,
0: of course they sell the color rush jerseys. They were starting to sell the color rush jerseys long before the games act, <laughs> they actually had the games yeah and then like i just saw um a quote from pro football talk it had jeff Fisher, jeff fisher my favorite coach of the nfl mm-hmm. know that uh that he's glad it's not baseball where the coaches have to wear the uniforms too <laughs> yeah yeah good old jeff good old jeff fisher man players coach he's a players coach <laughs> it could be the last home game in st louis
1: that's crazy i know wow i didn't even think of that yeah
0: yeah their last two are on the road they're in seattle next week in arizona in week 17
1: do you have any changed sense in terms of who's gonna move
0: i don't i mean you know for the longest time i kind of thought that you know you'd wind up the last best prediction was sort of like you may get the Rams and the Chargers at the Inglewood Stadium. But now,
1: yeah. like the
0: stadium funding thing in St. Louis has kind of got sort of an NFL blessing to it and may potentially get another $100 billion from the NFL to build it. But you also have an owner that has literally no interest in it. And and I don't quite, like there's still a lot of political animosity toward getting that stadium deal done. Mm. And an owner that just really doesn't, you know, has no economic incentive to take that deal and has no history of being a guy that you know plays in a rented stadium either i mean like his whole sports business mo has been to own you know own the field you're standing on right because that's where the money is i mean that's revenue you don't have to share you know (laughs) so
1: he he wants to go
0: he wants to go well you know and who knows what'll happen i mean that's sort of the thing it's like you have so many different factions among the owners and some of it's personal and some of it's business and some of it's, you know, cover your ass sort of stuff. So, you know, it could still go any any number of ways. I think at the very minimum, like if you have a decent stadium deal in St. Louis that the NFL has sort of tacitly acknowledged as, as, as a good one, one that they'll accept, then you don't lose that leverage by putting two teams in Los Angeles to build stadiums somewhere else. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you could say... You know, if Oakland gets left out and they're building a the stadium, Oakland can then say, you know, well, well, we might have to move to St. Louis then because they've got a good stadium deal <laughs> on the table. And that kind of, you know, you get that leverage back that you lose, obviously, with putting teams in Los Angeles. Because that Los Angeles thing has been huge. I mean, almost all of the NFL stadiums have been either rebuilt or, you know, gone through a massive renovation since 94 when those teams left L.A.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Is it definitely happening this offseason, in your opinion?
0: Um, I think it will. I think they have yeah. to get it taken care of because if they just let it linger, it's just, just going to fester, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, in in St. Louis, I get the sense, and you obviously would know a lot better than me, but I get the sense that fans are kind of checking out mentally a little bit.
0: Yeah, and the team's been so bad for so long that they've kind of checked out mentally anyway. Like, they already had one of the lowest attendance rates in the league. Right. Last year, the attendance rate averaged – fifty, and this is official attendance. Um, <laughs> last year, it was 57,000. This year, it's down to 51,000. Per game? Yeah. Wow. On average. Let's see, That's a lot. Yeah. That's a huh. huge drop-off. And, you know, that includes games like, you know, the Bears were there, so you get a lot of Chicago fans coming down. And the Steelers right. played there, so you get a lot of Pittsburgh fans coming over. Mm-hmm. So it's a hmm. – and no, attendance not- numbers in Oakland haven't been that bad. <laughs> yeah, attendance got, numbers I in mean. San Diego were okay, but it just kind of recently started to slide with that team really kind of shitting the bed. Right. A lot of bed shitting all over the NFL this year. <laughs> really disgusting. <laughs> 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 oh, let's see. Any, anything else on your radar in the National Football League? Um. Well,
1: I mean, obviously, there's the whole MVP discussion happening. Um, you know, with the way that Russell Wilson's played in the last couple of weeks, he's oh, kind yeah. of not to you know, he's kind of put himself in that conversation. Not that I actually think he'll be a legitimate candidate for it, but um, I don't know. The, the MVP thing is getting interesting. You know, I think it's right now it's probably between Brady, Carson yeah. Palmer, which is kind of crazy uh, and cool. And then obviously Cam Newton, who seems to be the front runner right now. Um, but man, it's a there's, the Carson Palmer story is pretty awesome. Honestly. It's
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, he came back from an ACL tear. He came back from like two terrible years in Oakland, or at least one. I can't remember how many years he played there, but I mean, it seemed like his career was over, right? Yeah. Because um, I remember back in the day. Before Russell Wilson, there was a lot of rumors that CF were trying to get Carson Palmer, um, you know, out of yeah. Cincinnati, but then Mike Brown was not having it. And uh, anyway, and, and, you know, after he kind of went to Oakland, people were like, oh, God, thank God that Seahawks didn't do that. But now look at him <laughs> like, wow, he's like legitimately putting up a MVP season. He's 8.8 yards for attempt, 31 touchdowns and nine picks, 107 rating right now. You know, he has 4,000 yards passing. Yeah. He's having an amazing year.
0: Yeah, and really kind of not getting just a ton of attention for it either.
1: he's really not. I mean, he's perfect for that Arians offense too. Yep. So, um, I mean, obviously then you can talk about Brady having a career year and overcoming so many of those injuries to his key players he's still functioning at a really high level. You know, I if anything my respect for Brady as a player has has gone up this year, which is crazy because he was already a Hall of Famer. Yeah. You know, and he beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> and so uh you know, like if anything my my respect for him as a player has just gone up. Like he just at times has looked completely in control of the game. Like he takes over games. I think that's kind of the whole MVP thing. Um in my
0: mind yeah, and then that it's it'll be fueled too by, you know, the fact that he lost all his guys for a while there. Right. You know, Gronk was out for a while. Edelman's been gone for a long time. It's just been
1: Yep, yeah. So I mean obviously then you can make the argument the same argument for Cam Newton, who's playing with a bunch of random dudes at at receiver, you know, Ted Ginns is number one. He still has, I think, uh thirty eight touchdowns combined on the year or something really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's unstoppable in the red zone. He's kind of... The other thing that I like about Cam Newton in the whole MVP race is, like, he's got his guys having so much fun. You know what I mean? Like, he's just... Uh, he's out there dabbing. He's taking pictures during games. Yeah. Even doing the whole give the ball to fans thing, which is fun. Um, he's just kind of, like... In in that sense, I mean, that's not, like, MVP-style accolades, but, like, just in that sense, he's he's really taken over as, like... The leader of the identity of that team. Yeah. And I, when they're 12 and 0, because it's crazy because they're 12 and 0 and people aren't really talking that much about their defense.
0: 13 and 0.
1: 13 and 0. Sorry. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. There, there's also there's some really interesting storylines there. And then obviously, if you throw Russell Wilson in there, I don't think he really will be in the legitimate discussion. But, um, you know, with yeah. the way he's played lately, you kind of have to like, toss his name in there. You do
0: and 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 like you could and would the Seattle Seahawks be in the position they're in if he hadn't played that way lately.
1: Right. You know I mean, and it kind of the same thing kind of with uh you know Brady and Cam is that Russell Wilson is playing now without Marshawn Lynch and Jimmy Graham, like two all-pro caliber players. And he's basically putting the team on his back at this point. So and their defense hasn't been as good as they have been in the past years and so um that's part of the argument as well. Yeah, so, I don't know. Uh, personally, if I was going to vote, I would probably vote for Brady. But it's kind of almost like a trite <laughs> vote these days because yeah. it's like Brady has so many like accolades all over the you know all over his career. It's like almost like boring, but. I still kind of feel like Brady is probably the most valuable player in the NFL. If, if you're really getting down to it,
0: the guys with the record are always going to get the edge too. I mean, like versus yeah, yeah. Wilson and the Seahawks, because the Seahawks can they win out, they're still not going to be you know <laughs> twelve and four or anything, like right?
1: That. Exactly. So,
0: I, don't, I, just, I guess I would Brady's, probably go with Cam Newton at this point. Yeah, but it's close.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one.
0: But yeah, I wonder go how much
1: on. the whole um with the way that the Cardinals were able to survive without Carson Palmer last year I wonder how much that factors into the MVP discussion because they were still really really good even without him yeah you
0: know? and uh, it's Arizona and you know it's kind of like we said at the beginning of the show it just it's out of the way a little bit you know like right. Seattle used to kind of be <laughs> and so you don't get that you just don't get as much attention and that makes a difference
1: exactly, exactly.
0: you know Arizona isn't on a national beat. The way you know New York, or even now Carolina or New England, can be right. Yep. So that's it's <laughs> sad, but it, that factors into it. It could be. It'd be fun to be. I mean, I guess it's a ballot anyway. But if they had that discussion like they do with the Hall of Fame, it'd be fun to be in that room to listen to to listen to it all. Yeah. And we'll get who was it last year for the MVP? vote? what was the ridiculous? Somebody voted for just something stupid. Oh, that would be Bobby Wagner. Yes. <laughs>
1: which that's is awesome right. but funny
0: <laughs> that was I
1: think Tony Dungy
0: yeah I think it was too
1: it I can't was, remember for sure uh, yeah
0: it was Tony Dungy because he had that explanation on Sunday Night Football was like, right. Ugh,
1: Tony we'll Dungy's talking uh, even I would disagree with that
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about okay here's another award race that's gotten some attention lately the comeback player
1: Oh, yeah, that's always an interesting one.
0: Yeah, and right now it seems like it's kind of between Chiefs safety Eric Berry and uh, Vikings running back Adrian Peterson.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Which I guess Eric Berry one, had cancer.
1: One feel-great and... feel story and one not feel-great story. <laughs> Who
0: are you going to pick? <laughs> yeah, I think, that, I think we know who's probably going to get that award oh. if it comes right down to it yeah the uh I, I mean again Carson Palmer.
1: maybe if he's not going to get an mvp that's not defense, a bad
0: that's not a bad call either to be honest with you Because he came back
1: from an acl tear which is not easy no he yeah 35 had what, years six old games
0: last see i mean he only played six yeah. games last season
1: um you know i'm looking at so chris wessling from nfl.com put together a list i think you know eric berry definitely deserves to be on there um He's got Navarro Bowman, Sean Lee, Tyler Eifert, Richie Incognito, Doug Martin. Doug Martin's an interesting one.
0: Yeah, I think if he were on a better team, you would almost you know, yeah. or played at a sexier position.
1: <laughs> right. I don't know. I think uh, you could definitely make the argument about Peterson, but I don't know how much weight he's going to carry with the voters because I don't. I mean, obviously, people aren't supposed to take that into account, but.
0: Yeah. well, no, it's not like he didn't play last season because, you know, he tore a joint in his knee or anything like that. I mean, he <laughs> right. could have physically played last season, but yeah. he couldn't have legally played last season.
1: I think if I'm if I'm choosing this, and, I, you know, this is after always – this is also after completely being on the Carson Palmer for MVP train, but I think <laughs> Palmer, Carson Palmer is a great one, and Eric Berry would be another just excellent choice on that, honestly.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, he beat – Lymphoma, Hodgkin's lymphoma. I That's know,
0: insane. and he like, like wasn't really expected to be much of a factor this season.
1: They didn't even, yeah, I mean, they didn't even really know if he was going to play. So,
0: and now he's, and he's maybe and, like maybe one of the top safeties in the league right now,
1: if not the top safety. Yeah. I mean, honestly, because Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor have had down years, um, and I mean, I don't know like how you would rank the safeties. I think Tyron Matthew has to be in the in yeah. the discussion, but. I mean, I don't know, yeah, it's it's a really cool story and um I don't know. There's I w I don't know if there's a better story than, than Barry's right now, honestly.
0: No. And that and that'll get I mean, you know, considering who's voting, that'll get some play.
1: It'll be cool. It'd be cool if it was a defensive player, because a lot of times it's like stat, stat, stats, stats, yep. stats, you know. Um so that would be cool.
0: What about um you mentioned Matthew? I mean, he's obviously a candidate. He might not get it because he doesn't put up sacks, but a, a defensive player of the year. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's in that discussion. Um,
0: I think him, Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt.
1: Yep. Josh Norman's in Josh there, I Norman. think. I think you could make the argument for Luke Keekley, even though he's been really – I mean, like I said, they barely. We, it doesn't seem like anyone talks about the Panthers' defense, but the Panthers' defense has still been really, really great. And Kuechly yeah. is unbelievable um i i i'm like i love luke keekley i think he's one of the most exciting players to watch um out there so i mean he's in in you know he's obviously already won it so he that might affect it
0: um and he I really know. is i'm you know he's the middle linebacker so it's not like he his stats aren't the sexy state. you know he's not going to get 10 sacks he's not going to get no. five interceptions he's not He'll gonna have a like, lot of
1: tackles but that's yeah much favor Yeah
0: Khalil Mack Maybe in the discussion I mean Oh yeah That was a hell of a game Last week
1: (laughs) That's insane He leads the
0: league With 14 sacks
1: It's hard to pick Against J.J. Watt On that list But um, There are some Definitely some Intriguing options there Yeah I think Norman and Matthew um, Are kind of like The dark horses for that It would be really cool To see one of those guys Get it
0: yeah, exactly.
1: But I don't know if they will.
0: yeah it's uh it. It'll be a fun award. Um, rookie of the year, the offensive rookie of the year, obviously is getting a lot of talk.
1: Thomas Rawls. If he hadn't gotten <laughs> injured, man, he got a chance.
0: He would, except for the rookie quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, that's it's true. It's always that's
0: hard with the rookie quarterbacks. It's and like, hard to beat
1: the quarterbacks.
0: And Mariota has 19 touchdowns, and he needs seven more, and he'll, have the re- he'll break the record for rookie touchdowns in a season.
1: And I think he deserves it, honestly. You know, he's, yeah. he's been a lot better than I think people were going to expect. And, and he cleaned up the turnovers thing, um, you know, because that was the huge hit on him coming out. That was kind of the narrative, you know, on him is a lot of turnovers. And I think he's kind of cleaned that up. And and that's been huge, and and he's made he's made the Bucks into a, like a, a close to a playoff team, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I it probably will go to him, and I think he would deserve it, honestly, if it does go to him. But then you can make the argument for some of the, like you know Mariota's obviously had a good year too. Uh, you can make the argument for Todd Gurley. I think if uh, I think if Rawls hadn't gotten hurt the pace he was going, he would have been in the discussion. And then you got like Amari Cooper has really kind of fallen off, uh, the last couple of weeks, but he was on a good pace before. And then I think, you know, Tyler Lockett's made kind of a little bit of a late run here too. So there's some interesting ones.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's, it's always a good, it's always a good award and it's a good year for rookies too. So there's a lot of, a lot of exciting young talent out there. um, well, I'm not yeah. even going to get started on this one, but there was just uh, because we're coming up on an hour and I my blood pressure's in a good spot and I don't, you know, it's holidays. <laughs> there's enough stress going on right now. But Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider, discuss the future of Rams coach Jeff Fisher and GM Les Snead. All indications are both are safe for 2016. <laughs> so, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Um, but, you know, if the How owner did you get fired from this place, I don't understand it. I don't know. Everybody should have that kind of job security. Like you could be terrible at your job and just, you know, keep getting promotions and raises and not ever have to worry about anything. It's, it's work if you absolutely get- incredible. <laughs> it's like the Rams like- have, have not gotten at all better in four seasons since hiring Jeff Fisher and his little minion, Les Snead. And they're like... They suck.
1: Yeah. Where is he where is he in terms of the highest paid coaches? Isn't he like somewhere near the top?
0: Yeah, I mean he's a 7 million dollar guy. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Yeah, oh I mean he
0: makes he makes almost as much money as Bill Belichick. Think about that for a wow. second. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Or you know, I think he's probably on par with what Pete Carroll makes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean as as far as it goes in terms of being a Seahawks guy I applaud the Rams for their dedication to mediocrity if that. You know. I have a problem with it. I think it's great. I, I hate playing the Rams. They're fucking they're always just so tough on the Seahawks. So if they if they actually get a good coach it could be could be scary.
0: Yeah, I know. It's it's <laughs> it's it's just incredible. I I just can't even I can't even begin. It's probably a good note to end on here, so I can go begin, right? I can go cry in the corner or something like that. <laughs>
1: they're going to have another pretty pretty high pick this year.
0: Oh yeah, of course. I mean, they're like they're mathematically like eight and eight is the best they can do now. Yeah, <laughs> which would actually be the best season of Jeff Fisher's tenure. In
1: oh days. my gosh, improvement.
0: Yeah, exactly. Show some improvement. Don't oh, you know? Yeah. Don't worry about the fact that. All these fantastic moves you've made, but, uh, hey, whew. whatever and it takes. Greg Williams. That's right.
1: <laughs>
0: oh
1: we want to get into it. We yeah, get into it.
0: exactly. Exactly. Let's just move on. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, that sounds good, Danny. It's been a good show. Uh, we miss Stephen. We'll be glad to have him back next week. But I think we, uh, I think we ha- we held our own. No problem.
1: We may do. We may we do did. without him. We
0: really did. There's a lot of. There was a lot of exciting football. I
1: miss. I miss today. having Stephen go off on one or two subjects. Though that's always the best. It really
0: is. It really is. <laughs> it really is. And next. it's it's only getting more exciting from here. We've got more play. We got three more weeks of the season, and then it's oh, gosh, firing great. season. Always a treat. always one of my favorite times of year. <laughs> Except for <laughs> Jeff Fisher not being fired. Yeah. Not in St. Louis and or Los Angeles. Uh, so it's just a great okay. time. Just a great time to be a Rams fan all around. Golden era. That's right. I'm gonna have to jump on somebody else's bandwagon a little while here.
1: Definitely. Right behind that
0: editor's so like, oh I can. I'm in the media. You could, I you could be always become
1: a, a Washington fan. fan.
0: That's right. I could i'm sure they'd love to have me if they went through my timeline they would just love to have me
1: they probably probably would yes
0: (laughs) and on that note we really probably should wrap it up (laughs) sounds good all right man uh thanks again and we will reconvene next week
1: all right